Hey guys, Tim Glom here with Thinking Caps. I'm joined as always by Richard Jones, my other Thinking Cap cohort. And today we are really excited to bring you Catherine Tabor. Catherine is the founder and CEO of Sparkfly. Sparkfly is a great partner at Cheetah Digital. They really live in the POS system, but it's so much more than that. They are a real-time offer management platform. They integrate into legacy POS and really make complicated integrations incredibly easy. And I'm gonna let her talk about that um, but again, they, they tie in with email, they're great at acquisition, they really make POS an amazing acquisition offer management uh, tool that you're gonna wanna hear a lot about of. So Richard, would you please introduce and welcome from the comfort and safety of her own home in the COVID period, Catherine Tabor. So Catherine, thank you much for, for, for joining us. and. Um, you know, something that uh, that I noticed straight away uh, when uh, when I was first looking at your bio that you were the founder and the CEO of Sparkflow and someone that has been a founder myself, it's dear to my heart. So could you tell us a little bit about the story behind how you came up with the idea for Sparkfly and then evolve that into kind of what Sparkfly does now uh, and the customers you serve? Sure. Well, first of all, thank you guys for having me. Um, um, you know, it's nice to see some some familiar faces on the screen um, that aren't just, you know, kids and, and husband in the house. Um, yeah, to your point, I, so I am the founder and CEO of Sparkfly, and um, we are an offer management platform that connects in real time to the physical point of sale system. And I got my start um, many, many years ago managing... Um, employee affinity and discount programs for large corporations like Coca-Cola and Delta Airlines here in Atlanta. And there were a lot of online um, discounts that were available to those employees as a perk. And as I managed those programs, I realized that there was a real gap in being able to track the usage and data of a digital promotion actually inside of a physical store location. There's been a lot of tracking innovation and data tracking around, you know, internet usage, but really there was a gap in the market between connecting digital marketing programs and the physical redemption of a promotion in, in a store location. And historically, um, point of sale systems are are fragmented and, and older and expensive to replace. And they really had um, become the Achilles heel in the marketplace around digital innovation because a lot had happened in how you could communicate with a consumer through a mobile phone or through the internet. Um, but when you tried to actually take that um, connectivity and that promotion and connected within a, within a physical store environment or connected to the transaction in the physical store, um, there was a gap. So um, I, I kind of evolved um, my, my business, um, started a new business actually that was addressing this real problem in the market, um, connecting the, the dots really between the online digital space and the offline physical in-store cash register. So very Filling cool. a gap, solving a problem. Yes. It, it, it's all about problem solving, isn't it? I mean, if, if, if you can't solve a problem, what are you doing? So to that end, <laughs> can you give us an example of, you know, what a, what a cheetah, what the cheetah partnership really looks like here? What, what problems we're solving for clients together and maybe a little bit of even 
what can we do that we're not doing today? Like, what's the future look like of innovation and integration um, between a cheetah digital and a spark fly to solve those problems? What's that look like? Right. Yeah. So, you know, I think that over the last, you know, five to 10 years, I think loyalty, the idea of loyalty has really evolved. I think that it's, it's more about how you can really have that true one-to-one communication with a consumer, how you can really um, customize the, the programs and the offers that are available to them based on the things that they most want and desire. Um, it's not just that you know digital punch card anymore where you come in five times and you get, get a third one free. And so, um, you know, as those programs have evolved, um, you know, our companies like Cheetah have really become experts at um, customer acquisition and understanding the behavior of those of those customers um, and and the relationship that they're building with these brands. And you know, we over the last number of years have really been um, building a very sophisticated, scalable, robust infrastructure that serves as a source of truth back into a physical brand, their stores and their business systems, and enables them to really push digital programs and promotions across any form of media, whether that, it, whether that is a loyalty provider or an email promotion or an SMS provider or on social, you know, they can even bring in their old, older print programs. And there's really this, um, this, this source of truth or this, or this re- uh, reliable data around all of those programs, um, both in an in-store transaction and now, you know, we're seeing the growth of, of, of popularity and necessity for online transactions and online ordering. And so it's both in-store and above-store where this is, you know, extremely relevant. And I think the marriage of, of those two elements where I feel, you know, Cheetah has really been working um, to become the best in, in, in your area, and we have been doing the same, is a great opportunity to really help jumpstart these merchants as you know their their own digital ecosystems and strategies are evolving so you know today you know in customers we connect um, in real time back to the point of sale system and help enable these real-time dynamic loyalty programs that cheetah is driving with customers Um, we're also working on programs with cheetah where sparkfly serves a a wallet functionality where we can help beyond just loyalty and SMS and, and email and all kinds of different programs um, that that merchant may be running with Cheetah or others. And so I just think there's, you know, all kinds of opportunity to continue to innovate around that. Um, you know, but it's, it's, it's connecting those dots in real time at item level that's so important. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting from a um, macro level environment. We did uh, uh, some research we commissioned with e-consultancy that went on in, in February and March. And we saw a couple of different interesting uh, themes that were coming out from the data. One, you had roughly about 40% of consumers in most major markets uh, that the survey was carried out in that were actually turned off personalized ads being driven from cookie data. Right, and one of the things that we're thinking about is in the recovery period post COVID. You know, a lot of marketers made knee jerk go right. Let's 
us doing more and more personalized ads with Facebook and Google. And yet actually the data we were getting told was 40% of people were actually turned off brands that over-personalized their, their advertising. And on the same research, it actually, we actually surveyed the customers, uh, the consumers, and it came back and basically said that um, nine times as many consumers wanted to engage in more loyalty programs in 2020 yeah. than those that said they actually wanted to uh, uh, reduce the involvement, uh, personal involvement in loyalty programs. And we also saw that about 34% of consumers were saying that they were leaving, that, that, that basically they weren't getting, uh, becoming loyal to organizations because those organizations didn't give them the framework with which to be loyal. There wasn't, there was no loyalty program in place. So it was kind of an interesting sort of set of data when you think about in a, in a post-COVID world where potentially there's going to be some relatively strong recessionary um, you know, uh, wins that we're going to have to deal with, it's going to be easier to grow and retain your existing customers and loyalty is going to have a, a really important uh, part based on the research we looked at versus just reaching for the knee, you know, knee-jerk reaction and piling loads of money in Facebook. I totally agree. I mean, we've been very fortunate. You know, Chipotle is a, a customer of ours and they have, you know, really weathered, um, you know, this very difficult time well because they understand that and they have really worked to cultivate, you know, they have this extremely loyal, um, engaged audience that they can communicate with. And so I think, you know, being able to, to do those types of things effectively, right, to do it in a way that um, can scale, that is agile, that enables you to, um, you know, having this real-time capability to measure and track and understand how things are performing um, enables you to optimize campaigns while they're running and not have to kind of do things and then take a step back and see how they worked. You really have the opportunity to kind of pull these levers and, and, and leverage your resources very wisely during a time when I think people are going to really want to do that. Um, so, you know, there's just, there, there's a lot that I think from an innovative um, marketing strategy standpoint that we have yet to see. And I think having the right infrastructure in place that allows you to, to pivot quickly and test and learn and turn things on that work well and turn things off that don't quickly is going to be even more valuable um, in the future. Yeah, it's a really important thing. Um... You're right. I mean, the, the agility is crucial for marketers. But the other thing that Sparkfly does really well is take those complex integrations and complex orchestrations and, and simplify them. So, you know, I'm yeah. sure there's people watching like, yeah, we hear you. You know, you need a loyalty program. You need an integration. You need this and that. But, oh, it's crazy. But it's not, right? I mean, you, that's what you, that's the gap that you filled. You, you said, I'm going to make this easy. We're going to make it, you know, integrate into legacy, into existing um, that's really cool. Let me ask you, have you, you know, through the COVID crisis, obviously all of our clients, I don't care what industry they're pivoting. They're, they're trying to become nimble. They're trying to rechange, you know, their, their business models to stay alive, stay afloat. We have a great client, Bloomin' Brands that kept 90,000 employees, you know, employed during this, this time. What innovations are you seeing from your clients in this space, you know, as they're being forced through this, this crisis we're all in? You know, it's interesting. I'm, I'm amazed at how quickly the industry, the restaurant industry, which is, a, you know, we, Great Clips is the customer of ours. We work outside of, of 
just restaurant, but a majority of our customers today are restaurant customers. Um, and of course, they have been impacted so heavily by this. Um, but goodness, I mean, they, they've pivoted so fast. You know, they, they really have, have found ways to have contactless contact with customers, right? Whether, and, and a lot of it is leveraging these digital platforms. So whether it is, you know, expanding their delivery capabilities by adding other delivery partners, you know, that's going to be one thing that I think the industry is going to really have to reconcile and figure out after this, like how everybody kind of wins in that world. Um, but that, you know, turned on, ramped up very, very quickly. Um, curbside service ramped up very quickly. Um, the ability to deliver items with tamper-proof packaging is another way that there was just a lot of, you know, quick innovation that gave consumers comfort and confidence that the food that they were getting was safe. Um, you know, I think that there's been a lot of really interesting um, do good and good do well stories, like where these brands, you know, are leveraging their ability to help with the, you know, frontline healthcare workers or things that are happening in the market and getting, you know, good stories out there around their brands and things that they can do to help help their fellow man. So, you know, I think in all of this, um, it's been really impressive to see the resiliency of the industry and um, that, that, that I don't, I don't feel any one of our customers is, is in a giving give up kind of attitude. It's all, how do we, how do we leverage the tools that we have in place um, to do to do to survive right now, yeah. but to come out of this and recover quickly, and move, and so we're we've kind of moved with our customers. I think they've all kind of settled on how, what are we doing right now, and I think we're we're in that mindset of okay, what can we do when traffic may be a little slower in your stores to get a, to get ramped up and ready. So that as it does pick back up, you're having really meaningful conversations with your customers and driving those sales. It's really interesting. We, we were chatting to um, uh, one of our customers, uh, Michael Stutz at Blooming Brands. And, you know, they, 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 there's a bit of press that went out um, uh, a couple of weeks ago, basically, about the um, lift uh, in the e-commerce sales and the, the, you know, the, 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 the pickup and delivery sales that they've had. And it is quite remarkable how such a big shift can happen in some of these restaurant clients you know, out, of, out of necessity and adversity. Right. Um, the ability to change these business models and, and really drive significant increase in uh, the uh, way that they're serving through people through digital channels in such a short amount of time, you know, it, it, it's testament really to, uh, to, to the industry that they've been able to, uh, to do it. I think when you kind of look forward as like, okay, well, you know, fairly soon, we're going to start, hopefully, touch wood, see some of these economies opening up. And they're talking about restrictions being eased in many markets around the, the, the world now. And obviously, you know, that will uh, enable uh, the restaurant industry to resume the traditional physical um, uh, serving of, of customers uh, uh, versus having everything being done online. Well, what, what Michael said that was, was interesting was actually when they looked at the data, you know, it, it wasn't necessarily that it was just all the people that typically come and sit down in their restaurants that have now migrated online. And actually what they've got is this whole new audience. So it's this additive thing, right? You get yeah. the in-store yeah. people back 
and you continue, you know, and that that drives same store sales, right? I mean, that's put through, which is so important, um, you know, from from the economic models for these restaurant chains. If they can if they can drive more through each location, that's fantastic. So that you know, that's what our hope is to you know empower these these merchants and these restaurants to capitalize on the opportunities that I see that are going to come out of this. I mean, there are opportunities, you know, out there for this. Let's talk yeah. a little bit about that because, because things like this put you through, um, they get you thinking differently, right? They, they, they give you a new perspective. All of a sudden your, your boat sh- turned around and you're looking at your business from a whole different angle going, Oh boy, uh, is there opportunity here? What are, um, what are some of your, you know, innovative ideas and what does Sparkfly do to stay on top of innovation? Um, and will this, you know, with the learnings of your customers, will you come out on the backside with new ideas and, and integrate, you know, new opportunities and features, uh, et cetera, f- for the marketplace? Absolutely. I think, you know, we, we view ourselves as this, um, this, this universal enabler. Right, we want to set up our customers to to be successful in the strategies that that they decide they want to run. Right, so if you know they feel that a, you know somebody's best of breed in, in one aspect of a marketing channel and somebody's best of breed another, we you know we want to we want to give them the power to make the best decisions for their business in a way that that they can. Um, turn things on quickly and efficiently. So we, you know, and and in, in sitting in that spot, we have this um, real advantage in that we've seen a lot of programs do well, and we've seen programs that have not. <laughs> and so as we've gone forward with our customers, we really find ourselves in um, in a very, you know, advisory role around, you know, what, how successful brands have kind of tackled this um, digital ecosystem well, right? What, what pieces they've put in place first, how they've kind of built upon themselves, how, how to build it in a way that, um, you know, is stable and can grow. And so I think for us, it's really, it, there are a lot there are a lot of amazing pieces out there, right? There, you know, you guys from a, a loyalty um, strategy, you know, have been have been wonderful partners of ours. And I think we think about, okay, how how do these pieces fit together? Um, you know, for some of our customers, we really serve as as this digital offers wallet that sits inside of um, their app. Um, and how does that how does that pull together a promotion that you may earn through loyalty or you may get through an email campaign or you, you know, make it because you've, you've tweet, you know, you've gotten a text message from a tweet at a, at a certain event or something. How, how do all this, how did all that, how does all that fit together really to help to drive those sales? So really for us, it's about how, how are we there to make sure that everything, that all the plumbing works <laughs> so you can go and do the, all these innovative things, right? Very cool. So I've got a question uh, for you, which is, is, is really get your, your take on, obviously, you know, most of the, the initial reactions, COVID-19 has, has been in place. Business models have, have changed. 
But as you kind of look forward, as we accelerate out of recovery, um, in which ways will some uh, uh, restaurant brands redefine themselves? You know, will you will you see some people, you know, that that may have been physical go hundred percent online? You know, for example, what are some of the characteristics you're seeing? Things that might actually redefine the industry moving forward. Well, I, you know, I, I definitely think that the, you know, there are some things in this world that are here to stay. I think that, you know, delivery and, and digital ordering and digital pickup and all of those things, there's a, there's a convenience in that, that I think has um, not spoiled the consumer, but I think we're getting used to that world, right? That we can we can go and, and get kind of anything or have anything brought to us um, whenever we would like to. I think so. I think that that aspect of, of of restaurant business will continue to grow. I also think that social distancing is around for a while. So I think the way physical restaurants are configured and the way that we interact with servers and you know, contactless payments. And I think all of that um, is with us as well. And so I think that, you know, it, to your point earlier, uh, Richard, it's, you know, how, how the people that have, have historically been your in-store, you know, family customers that maybe come in on a Friday night, continue to come in and enjoy that experience and feel safe in that experience. Um, But you can continue to grow and add, this whole new digital audience that's discovered your brand during this crisis. I think that's going to be, that's going to be a very key um, growth metric for these merchants. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And, um, you know, I have to, I have to say the, uh, some of the things that we've seen um, various industries do, you can already see the change in behavior of yourself that is going to move on. So, you know, another example of that is, we moved very quickly um, in my household to subscription um, uh, arrangements for with a variety of different suppliers of food. So moving yeah. away from doing one-stop shopping with, you know, Whole Foods or a Sprouts or something to yeah. actually spreading the risk and getting subscription <laughs> deliveries for meat and vegetables and milk and all the rest of it um, because it was so hard to get deliveries, you know, done through uh, Amazon and, and Whole Foods and, and others. And, we've enjoyed that experience of, of yes. getting stuff in locally that that's not going to change. And you know, even on the restaurant side, you know, there's two or three restaurants around here that, you know, my wife is so sick of cooking. Right? <laughs> We're starting to like get regular subscription, not subscription, but regular. And I think we're opposite because I think I, I am so tuned into this restaurant world that, you know, I want to, I want to, you know, buy as much from them as I can right now. And so it's good that we can't spend our money on anything else, right? Because my takeout bill is through the roof. But I think that's another point, too, that's interesting. You know, even in these um, smaller restaurant groups, that's, that's another thing that's been really interesting is seeing the creativity that's come out of the chefs and their menus and how they pare them down or maybe how, you know, Shake Shack enabled you to order their kit so that you could make and replicate that burger at home. I mean, there've been a lot of really innovative, interesting ideas that have been fun and enriching for the consumer. Right. Yeah, I mean, 
I, I have enjoyed being able to pick up a margarita when I go get my Mexican <laughs> food, right? I don't know that I want that to end. <laughs> so, you know, I think, I think all of those are, are good things. And, you know, I also think that, you know, we talk a lot about restaurant, um, but I think that holds true for retail too. I mean, retail is this constantly evolving animal in general, but I think that, you know, the idea of delivery and pickup and, you know, how all that fits in, it, it's, a sim- it's a similar opportunity. It's going to be interesting, the backside of this, uh, of this COVID mess. So a lot of innovation, a lot of changes, and you know, some things will stay the same, as you mentioned. Well, I can't, I don't know about you guys, but I literally cannot wait to be able to go and visit a restaurant again. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. Yeah. I agree. Hopefully sooner than later. I tell my daughter, this will end. We will get through this. This will, we'll get on the other side. I mean, I feel, I'm feeling encouraged and positive. I think, you know, we, the human spirit is strong. I don't think we're going to let this get us. So. No, I, I agree. I agree. And I'm, I'm loving seeing the innovation coming from not just the innovation, but also the, the charitable aspect to what folks are doing. And, you know, I have to have a big shout out to the restaurant industry, the food service industry in general, because not only have they been arguably one of the most hard hit industries, but they've also been one of the most, um, uh, you know, philanthropic in terms of what they've actually done. And, you know, we've right. got joint customers like Ann Pizza that, you know, mm-hmm. we were happy to donate to their Hero Pies initiative uh, recently, which is a great way of, you know, getting food to, to healthcare frontline workers and also keeping people in jobs in, in kitchens with executive, uh, uh, sorry, with uh, business sponsorship uh, and donations from the public. So, I mean, that's many of many of our customers in the restaurant space are doing similar things. And it's, um, it's heartwarming to see. It is. I would agree. Well, Catherine, thank you very much. I really appreciate uh, turning up on Thinking Cats. We'd love to have you again uh, at some point. So, uh, yeah, uh, thank you. Thank you for for turning up and and no pressure to wear a cap next time. (laughs) (laughs) No, next time, maybe. It depends. If I'm out of um, out of quarantine, maybe I'll, I'll feel better about that one. So we'll we'll send you one for next time. Well, great. Yeah. It's been great talking to innovation forever for all of our viewers. Again, thank you for watching. We'll be back soon with another topic, another guest and another solution to your brand marketing problems. We'll see you next time.